When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights. With your host, Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders Keith Sargent and James Cratch. Let's start shopping. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the rant. Steve Politi, joined by James Cratch, Keith Sargent. Gentlemen, to quote Terrell Owens, that's my quarterback. We got a quarterback, everyone. A quarterback. We've never started this show with a commitment before from a high school player. Gavin Wimsat, Owensboro, Kentucky. I think this is significant enough for us to begin the show. All right, I'm going to set the scene for you here. You guys know I was at the Masters last week. I'm out there on the sixth hole, hanging out. I run into a couple of coaches from Notre Dame. I will not say who they are. I'm, I'm guessing amateur sleuths here who listen to the show probably can figure out one of them. But the other one, uh, we'll leave both of them nameless, talking about Greg Shannon's recruiting. And uh, unprompted, one of, the re- one of the coaches said, holy, Gavin Wimsat, that kid can play. He's the real deal. We offered him. So that's all I need to know. Notre Dame is serious about him, offered him a scholarship. I know it came down to Rutgers, Kentucky for this kid, dual threat player. Cratch, why don't you break it down for me? What is, what is Rutgers getting from this quarterback? I think, you know, I mean, they're getting the guy they needed, the big splash they had to get. You know, we've, they didn't get a quarterback in 2021. We wrote about this. The top 10 class was great. They had to get a big-name quarterback. They had to get a four-star guy, a guy who can be the face of the program going forward, the guy that fits Gleason's offense. They got that guy. And actually, you know, we all thought it was down to Rutgers in Kentucky. Uh, Wimside did an interview with, I think, 247 at a camp right after he committed. He said it actually came down to Rutgers in Cincinnati. Oh, is that right? Okay. Which, but here's the interesting thing. So Cincinnati's quarterback, Desmond Ritter, he's from Kentucky. Cincinnati put a billboard up, apparently, in Owensboro, Kentucky, wow. saying, hey, we're Cincinnati, we're on the rise, and our quarterback is from Kentucky. You know, they kind of, you know, the, the Shiano moved the billboard, and Shiano still beat you know, two much more local schools out for the kids' commitment. So, look, obviously, eight months ago until early signing period, you never know with recruiting, but Rutgers feels pretty confident they have gotten a real difference maker, who, as I wrote earlier this week, is probably going to be the starter in 2022, week one, when they go to Boston College, Shiano Halfley. That's going to be a big, big-time football game, and, and Gavin Wimsett's probably going to lead the, lead the Scarlet Knights out onto the field for it. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot about this commitment that makes it significant. I, I have to think getting one, getting a kid from Kentucky, getting beating the schools they beat. 
uh, it shows also, Sarge, I think just the level of you know, this, this is what they want from the offense now. You know, they, they, I mean, they want a dual threat player. They, want to, they, they no longer want the drop back statues that they've had in the past. My question to you, though, is this, Sarge, and I, I, a bunch of readers, you know, the, when, when something like this happens, the, 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 the antenna goes up and you think, all right, well, they've gotten big recruits before who haven't panned out. What makes you think this one's going to be the guy, Sarge? I mean, what is different this time around with Gavin Wimsat uh, rather than all the other quarterbacks they've had? Because now we know um, the quarterback who, who uh, Sean Gleason wanted, you know, he fits the, the skill set. This isn't uh, Drew Maringer coming in, uh, making all these lofty promises, and then saying that, you know, John, Jonathan Lewis is going to be the guy, and then – uh, aside from you know you know a game against a uh, you know an FCS team where, where Jonathan Lewis dominated, you know Jonathan Lewis never sees the field. Um, this isn't that uh, situation. Uh, this is a, a you know a guy who, like you said, Notre Dame. A lot of you know you know b- a big programs were, were sniffing around on him. Um, he he completely fits uh, what Sean Gleason wants to do. And now we know we, we have we have some history now with, with Sean Gleason. We know what 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 he wants, you know, in, in his quarterbacks, and and I I think it's 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 a, it's a perfect fit. It certainly looks that way. And Cratch, uh, you get you get a sense from how they're doing this recruiting wise. You know, now now I looked looked up today the sixth overall class, sixth overall recruiting class, one notch below Texas A and M, one notch above Penn State. You know, obviously, chances are they're not going to finish there, uh, but that's not too shabby. I mean, what what do you think is going on beyond the scenes here that is making this so much more successful uh, than it's been in the past? Well, I think it's the coaching staff. I mean, I think it's a, it's no secret Greg Schiano and his assistants are much better recruiters than Chris Ash and his assistants were. I think that obviously they've got a little bit more to sell. There's an excitement around the program. There's you're coming off a relatively successful three and six, you know, Big Ten only schedule. You kind of exceed expectations, and I think the biggest thing is, and Steve Spurrier said this one time when I was in school, with recruiting, a lot of times if you get one big time recruit. The other big time recruits want to come be with those other recruits. Right. And it kind of is this, you know, domino effect where if you get one guy, all of a sudden you got five. And I think you're starting to see that a little bit with Rutgers. You know, obviously you got to hold on to this class, but at this point, now that you have all the pieces you need the quarterback, the linebacker, the receiver, the pass rushers, the offensive lineman, it doesn't really matter where they finish in terms of, I think, the rankings. I mean, you want to be, t- I think, 22 or 21 I can't remember off the top of my head but you want to have the best class in school history obviously beat that 2012 class but beyond that whether they're 6 or 16 I don't think it really matters because they've got all the pieces they need in place right and I love obviously is our recruiting expert we should have had him on today my fault I forgot um you know, his story just the other day, just talking to, to the other recruits around New Jersey, you know, the hype is making me consider staying home. Just having that kind of message out there is, is a pretty big deal, even if, you know, I mean, look, we've talked about it many times. You're never going to keep all the recruits here in New Jersey. You, and I think it's safe to say also that you're going to see some decommits from this class. It's just what happens. It's, it's part of the sport now. 
Um, you know, it, but, but that said, if there's enough buzz and if there's enough guys who get in here, you know, I, I still think that this could be, uh, Sarge, a, just a transformational kind of recruiting class. I mean, this, you know, I, this could be the build that we look, we could look back on this if they continue this at this pace and get a top 20 class, which I think is well within reach now. Uh, you could look back and say, right, when did this turn on, turn, turn on really start? And you can say it, it started with this class. It's all fair points. I, what I also think is interesting. And, and, you know, there was some news that, that broke earlier this week where the NCA um, appears to be lifting its uh, recruiting dead period uh, on June 1st, which, you know, they since COVID, since the uh, uh, pandemic started last March, you know, coaches have not been allowed to be on the road. They have not allowed to host recruits on campus. They haven't allowed, been allowed to have junior days, all the things that they, they that they do that Greg Shiano is really, really good at, which is almost a tribute in itself to, to what Graciano has been able to pull off here because most of it has been done zoom. You know, he's talked at length about, uh, about what he's had to do. Um, you know, the campus tours. I mean, I, I, yeah. I I'm kind of curious, Steve and, and Cratch, because look, I mean, uh, facilities wise, practice facilities are uh, really top notch. Well, uh, but, you know, the bubble where they practice indoors isn't, you know, there's no uh, grand secret that Greg Seattle wants something, you know, a dream palace. He, he's not going to have it for a while. Um, I'm curious, like, what happens come, you know, the summer where recruits are all of a sudden taking visits again, where maybe they look at the bubble and they, they you know, they're maybe turned off by that. Um, and, you know, wh- whether that's going to have an effect, maybe, you know, uh, you know what, what, what uh, has gone on the, the way recruiting has been over the last year, maybe that's been a benefit to Greg Shiano, who, who's very uh, charismatic, who, who relates well re- with uh, parents, and, and maybe that's been a benefit. Uh, time will tell. Um, a lot of uh, questions, you know, uh, everyone talks about how, you know, the, the recruiting restrictions since the COVID uh, pandemic has, has handcuffed coaches. But I'm kind of curious to see whether or not actually when Rutgers recruits actually see the uh, facilities and, and, and uh, get on campus, whether or not that's going to be a benefit or, or a hindrance. Yeah. My bigger question, Sarge, is I, I wonder if it's going to be different this time around if this team has – the kind of season we you think you might have in the fall if it, if it doesn't if they lose a couple of games early if it goes sideways if the schedule is tougher yep. and i think this is one reason i think it, it it's incur- it could be encouraging that it won't happen i think that this staff gets it in the sense that they're still recruiting these kids and from what i understand the commitment is just an it's just a nice thing to put out there you know, they're calling up. They're not saying, oh, good, we got this game. We got, we got Gavin Wimsat. We're done. They're calling him every day from what the sense I get, even after they commit. It's just a nonstop thing to the finish line. I think the bigger thing than, uh, you know, I think it's more likely they'll lose recruits because some of these recruits will blow up. they play well in the fall. Some big SEC school is going to need something, and you're going to lose them that way. I don't think you're going to cry. Tell me if you disagree. I don't think you're going to lose them in the way they've lost them in the past, where all of a sudden the five best kids are gone just because the team stinks. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think you're going to lose them that way. I do think that what I'm intrigued to see is when we expect the NC, you know the NCAA is going to waive the one, the give everyone a one-time free transfer. Like if you're a team like Alabama or Auburn, Ohio State, like the cream of the crop, are they going to be looking to flip kids? when we get to November, December, or are they going to be thinking, Hey, let's just keep our powder dry. Let's go to the transfer portal and let's go get proven 
college football players that are older rather than rolling the dice on recruits. Even when you're recruiting at Alabama, you know, it's still far from an exact science. So I do wonder if that is going to play into the hands of, of Rutgers and, and other teams that are kind of have surprisingly strong classes that maybe the big boys won't be as interested in adding high school recruits to the class at, you know, as we get to the stretch run for early signing period. All interesting stuff that's going to be a little bit down the line. Let's talk about something a little bit more current here, namely spring football practice. At least I think it's current. I mean, you know, obviously the, the COVID pause forced Greg Shiano to push back when he wanted to start this thing. Cratch, uh, do we have a do we have a timetable now? Do we know when this is going to start at this point? Yeah, it sounds like sometime next week they will uh, finally get back out in the field and practice. So, I mean, that's – I think it was supposed to start like March 30th or so. So about a three week delay, which means I, I would assume no, no date has been set yet for the spring game, but I would assume that they will uh, push the spring game back in about three weeks. Um, I, you know, I know, I think maybe I can't remember if we talked about in the podcast. Or I know some schools have setups where they'll have the spring game in the middle and then they'll have practices after the spring game. doesn't sound like Rutgers wants to do that. They want the spring game to be the big finale uh, of the spring practice set up. And I don't know the exact attendance plans, but my understanding is there, there are going to be fans allowed into the spring game. I don't think that you're going to see Rutgers, you know, whatever, you know, the Governor Murphy's standard is on that day. I don't think they're going to open the doors and pack in as many people as they're allowed to by the state. But I, I do think they will have fans in the stands. I mean, it seems like we're heading in that direction nationally. Even Fauci said he'd have no problem going to a baseball game. You're seeing full stadiums in, in different places. I get it. New Jersey is not going to go crazy, but you would have to imagine there would be there'd be people there. Certainly, I think it's a it's like a risk reward thing. I mean, I, like a lot, Rutgers fans have been complaining, you know, like, Men's lacrosse, even on on a normal day, you know, before the pandemic, they were getting about 2,000 people on a game. So at that point, yeah, like you don't – Rutgers has a magic number in their head of amount of people they want to let into SHI Stadium, but that's still going to accommodate, you know, a, a men's lacrosse game. I think the, the – the baseball fans, you know, the people that are complaining about being no fans of baseball, one, how many people are actually going to a Rutgers baseball game, you know, in a normal time Two, they can't let fans in based on the current state, you know, executive order laws. So that's why there's no fans there or field hockey and only limited fans are allowed at soccer. Um, if you know, I don't think there's going to be any soccer games for the rest of the season, but yeah, I expect there'll be a good sized crowd at the spring game. And I would be surprised if, you know, I don't know if they're going to be at hundred percent capacity for the season opener in September, but I think they're going to be pretty close. All right. Who are we interested in seeing this spring? Obviously there's, there's a bunch of names from, from last year that are still uh, intriguing, intriguing Peyton Powell, the transfer uh, from uh, who flipped from Utah from uh, originally from Baylor is certainly one that jumps out. Will he be offense, defense, safety or receiver? You know, we think defensive back, but we're not sure. Uh, Sarge, who do you got? Is there someone that is, <laughs> pretending you could be there? <laughs> uh, if you were there, if you get to watch it, you know, come spring game, is there someone you're interested in seeing this spring before the season gets here? I mean, I'd like to keep it simple, considering when we last saw uh, no, no uh, uh, Vedral, um, you know, he was hurt. 
Um, I'd like to see True. whether or not he's going to be able to make that leap, you know, as, as a guy who now all of a sudden feels comfortable in the Shungleys and offense. That's what they want. They, they, they you know, almost everyone to a man uh, say that, you know, Shungleys' offense was complicated. And the fact that he was able to kind of learn on a fly without a true training camp, um, you know, coming in, uh, you know, as a transfer, um, you know, they, 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 they think that, that spoke volumes, the way he was able to, to, to master it and, and, and be efficient with it. Give him a, a full spring camp. I'd like to see, you know, you know how he's going to, uh, you know, excel at it. Joshua Youngblood, another guy who, who was just, you know, you know, another you know, guy in the mold of uh, Aaron uh, Krushank. If we were there every day, I'd be watching him. How are they going to get him involved? You know, you know, look, it's not an embarrassment of riches just yet because some of these guys still need to prove themselves. But you start stacking them with Bo Melton, Crookshank, Joshua Youngblood, you know, uh, Shamin Jones, who had an underrated uh, season a year mm-hmm. ago. All of a sudden, maybe you know they have some playmakers uh, for for Noah Bedrill to uh, to 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 utilize. Pratt, you get a name for me who he would be watching. Yeah, Jameer Wright Collins, uh, you know, big, you know, six foot two, two hundred fifteen pound running back from Patterson Kennedy, played on special teams last year. I, I think he's a guy who could, you know, I'm intrigued to see. Obviously, Karon Adams moved on. He had about ten percent of the carries, you know, last year. I'm intrigued. Did they, did they give more carries to Aaron Young, a guy who has all these, you know, he's very versatile. Seems like he'd be a great fit for Sean Gleason offense. Just didn't seem like they ever really found a consistent role for him. Like, do those touches go to Aaron Young? Does does Wright Collins take some of those? touches you know Tiwan Mason Brian Ugwu there's just there's a lot of young guys on the defense that I'm kind of intrigued to see can they play their way into roles you know Rutgers is pretty you know pretty loaded at linebacker they only really are losing two starters on offense and defense which is kind of crazy uh, and then you mentioned Peyton Powell just for all the hype when he showed up he was just uh, he's still a man of mystery I, I don't you know he didn't play a single game last year and the games I went to he didn't even dress so no I no one has seen him out you know outside of the program so I'm also intrigued to see what he brings and if he's at cornerback he's at safety if he goes somewhere else all right, good stuff. <clears throat> Let's dive into true or false. You guys know how it works. I'll give you a few statements here, and we'll see. Take your temperature on a few important things. All right, true or false. Rutgers will still add a quarterback from the transfer portal after spring practice. Cratch, true or false? False. Sarge? False. Totally agree. False. The quarterback is on the roster. True or false? This Rutgers recruiting class will finish in the top 20 nationally. Cratch. True or false? True. Sarge? True. True. That would be an incredible accomplishment of where they are now. I have to go true as well. All right. True or false? Geo Baker will return next season to the basketball team. Cratch. True or false? True. Sarge? God, I hate it when we all we, when we all agree. But it's true. <laughs> uh, I can go false if you want. I don't think I'm gonna panic in Dave White's head. Dave White gets mentioned every podcast, by the way. Um, I'm gonna go true as well. I think it just seems like it's not. He's not gonna get drafted. And I don't know what the options are after that, uh, unless he wants to go play overseas with Jacob Young. All right, true or false? Montez Mathis will return next season. False. 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 Yeah, false as well. I think uh, he seems like he is a goner. Uh, True or false, it's time to worry about Rutgers basketball for next season. Cratch? False. All right. Sarge? God. True. I mean, (laughs) they haven't picked up a guy from a trench 
Jasper portal. Uh, you know, other guys. Yeah. Other cars, so. I, think, I think that's a pretty big true. We'll get, we'll get to that right true. away. But finally, Rutgers, true or false, Rutgers will make the NCAA tournament next year. Cratch, true or false? True. Sarge? I mean, I said three weeks ago, everyone remembers you know, what I said then. I said yes, but um, I say false. Yeah, I'm, I'm going false right now. And um, I mean, let's dive into it. And I, I guess that's it. Sarge, you mentioned it right away. Uh, you just assumed at this point that we would have had, we would have added a couple of pieces and we haven't. I mean, what's your sense as to what's going on? And, and, and why are we sitting here waiting to find out what, what's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, part of it is, uh, you know, a, a couple of the guys, I mean, Ron Harper, you know, you know, there's a, you know, he, he declared for the NBA tr- draft while kept keeping his eligibility uh, open. So you have to wait. And, and the problem with that is, you know, the, the, the combine is on until June. So, I mean, that's, you know, a, you know, a couple month process. Same thing with Geo Baker. You know, I, I know Geo Baker has eligibility. So if he was a return, it wouldn't impact a scholarship per se. Uh, but I think, you know, Part of it is Peichel. If you look at his history, you know, he's a type of guy who is very patient. He's not a type of guy who's going to really squeeze kids to, to try to get a commitment. Um, you know, he, you know the, the, the kid from DePaul um, has, has, you know, had three different Zoom um, um, meetings with, with, with the staff, which is unbelievable, to be honest with you. Um, Polly Walnuts. I've been calling him Polly Walnuts. I don't know. What is his name? Polly Gap. Polly, Polly, Paul Cap. Polly, yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, Polly Walnuts to me. Three Zooms. It's like, wait, like, all right, like the fourth Zoom. What else like, are you talking about in the third? Here's the dining hall options at Rutgers. <laughs> 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 what are you talking this about? is where the grease trucks are parked now. What else is there? Michael's you. going through Yelp on his phone. Like, oh, we got. <laughs> We got Diesel and Duke. That's a really good burger place on Easton Ave. Yeah, I mean, you're at the Paul. Come on, where you got good grief? But yeah, I mean, I think it, 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 you know, it, it, if you look at Pykele, he hasn't really uh, squeezed you know the kid from Penn State. Like, you know, there's other guys who who they reportedly been interested in. Um, look, I mean, I it, you know, am I concerned? It, it, would I be concerned if I was a Rutgers fan right now? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, the Montez Mathis one was the one that, that a lot of, you know, kind of, you know, they kind of expected uh, Harper and, and Gio to, to, to make your, their decisions. They kept their uh, options open by not signing with an agent. Miles Johnson, we, we all knew, you know, his decision was going to be based on academics. The fact that, you know, it looks like he's going to either end up at UCLA or Stanford. Not a surprise. Um, I, I think the Montez Mathis one kind of shook him a little bit. Uh, they, you know, that, that, that was a guy that, who, who they were counting on. Um, beyond that, look, they're going to have to, to to get get one of these impact guys for for them to to take a step. They don't. They just don't have enough enough uh, depth as we sit here today. So, Crest, then why are you not worried, Crest? Because so, Sarge makes a pretty compelling point there. He does definitely good. no. So, all right, we'll start with the guys in draft. Like Geo, like I'm just good for the sake of the argument here. I'm just because Geo and Ron are going to come back. Yeah, yes. I, okay. Geo, Geo, I, I think is probably just trying to figure out maybe what his future is. You know, Ron, I think Ron will be an NBA player at some point. I just don't think it's right now. He's probably not going to get drafted. If you're not going to get drafted, it doesn't make sense to stay. In. All right, so Miles Johnson. So, like, I, I, I am 97 percent sure Miles Johnson's moving on, but I do think it's interesting. He had that tweet like, "I just got accepted to UCLA's engineering program," and it was like. And like, yeah, that's a good point. That's a great, yeah. like, I'm a Bruin. Yeah. 
yeah, Here, right. here's the Photoshop of me wearing the, the beautiful uniform. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So like at that point, I'm like, oh, like, so is Pykele kind of sitting there thinking, hey, you know, Rutgers engineering might not be out of the hunt yet. What are the rankings? Do we know where, where does Rutgers, this, I can't believe we're going to talk about this on the podcast. Where does Rutgers engineering rank compared to UCLA and Stanford? All right. Well, this is great. This is like Fred Sessa-esque radio when yeah. we're Googling oh, okay. engineering um, school rankings. Uh, 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 <laughs> ba Syracuse, da Caltech. Um, Caltech. <laughs> all right. So, uh, funny. This is great. So I just pulled up U.S. News and World Report. I know it's yeah. you know people debate whether it's worth it. University of Nebraska Lincoln College of Engineering. They bought an ad at the top of the page. So Whoa. <laughs> so oh, you, yeah. I'm like Nebraska number one. No. So MIT Stanford is number two. Cal Berkeley is okay. number three. Uh, right. blah, 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 blah. Okay. Actually, Purdue and Michigan are up there. So good thing for really? Rutgers that uh, Miles didn't talk to them. Yeah. Illinois too. Okay. So, uh, so Rutgers. Why don't you guys carry the show? While I find this. Okay. <laughs> UCLA is number sixteen, and I, I don't see where 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 Rutgers is right UCLA's now. Yeah. All right. Well, those anyway, rankings so yeah, are like, BS anyway. Yeah. So, oh, so here you like go. that? That that's just straight out of the Rutgers textbook about the rankings. <laughs> the rankings are just rankings. I mean, so let's back, face it. I mean, you know, he's a California guy. Yeah. Um. You know. You, you know. I crash put it at 97%. I think it was probably a little bit higher, I guess. Uh, you know, the one thing that you, you're still uncertain of, does he want to, uh, you know, stick with, with, with Gio, your good friend, roommate, and is his decision in any way dependent on that? But right now, I think it's, it's kind of safe to assume that, you know, he's going to base his decision on academics. And if he gets into Stanford um, or, you know, he's already gotten to UCLA, that the likelihood is he's going to end up, you know, on the West Coast. So I guess back to, to get the train back moving. So if you, if you keep Gio, you keep Ron, you lose Miles, but let's say you, you, you get some sort of big man, Paulie, whoever. All right. You lost Montez, which is a blow, but you know I, I think you can survive that. If you you feel confident about Jaden Jones, you got Mulcahy back, you, you have Caleb McConnell back. If you had one more piece potentially, and you just got to have faith in Pykel that you know, you know Palmquist and Maulamag and all these guys develop. Which hey, he developed the first you know wave wave or two guys into an NCAA tournament team. You got a chance. Now I'm not saying they're going to be you know no doubt in but i think this is a team that if february could roll around and they're in a hunt definitely okay that's uh that's good stuff i'm still reading about uh engineering now we didn't even talk about which type of engineering programs i mean we could have really i mean you know we just can't just look at blanket and i mean what an electric you know computer engineering i just was i was biomedical really engineering my wife's going to be that for that. some reason he was going to go to like Caltech or MIT and like Miles Johnson shows up in a division three basketball. Hey guys, like I'm here. Dominates the division three tournament. Some guy, MIT coach gets hired at UMass. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Uh, All right. That was fun. Let's dive into some insider questions, guys. As always, appreciate it. So NJ.com slash insider. If you haven't subscribed yet, I think we have a deal going on or something, a bargain. I don't know. I may be making it up. Anyway, subscribe and send us questions, and we will talk about them on the podcast. Uh, Lots of good ones. This is a good one to start. Uh, I am actually starting to think football may be in the national picture in a few years. Have I become delusional? I think this recruiting class, as people's hopes obviously are rising, 
Um, you know, my counterpoint would be to take several of those. And I, you know, I guess it depends on what the definition of national picture is, Sarge, right? I mean, you yeah. know, what- That's it. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Define national picture. Back in the top 25? Absolutely. Uh, you know, Greg Schiano got him in the top 25 at one point, contending for um, uh, overtaking Ohio State um, for, for the Big, Big Ten East uh, division title. I think there's going to be a long, they have a long way uh, before, before they get to uh, that point. But look, I mean, you know, you you could make a case that they, they, that they could get to where, um, you know, if if Penn state and Michigan, uh, you know, who who have both been down, if they dip down a little bit further, Rutgers rises up, maybe, you know, not out of the question, uh, but back in the top 25, absolutely. Um, you know, contending or ever, you know, going to the Rose Bowl, you know, in order to go to the Rose Bowl, they'd have to, you know, basically, you know, uh, you know, overtake Ohio State. So I think they're a long way for, away from getting to that, to that level. But, you know, getting back to the top 25, absolutely. I would – I mean, third place in the Big Ten East can get you to – you know, New Year's Six Bowl some years. I mean, second place could get you to absolutely. the Rose Bowl some years. So, I, I think you guys are absolutely right. It depends on how you define you no know, national. Or is Rutgers going to make the college football playoff in the next five years? No, but if they they could have the right the right season, right you know right wins, go ten and two, seven and two in the Big Ten, and find themselves in a big time bowl game certainly. I would say this, and from the first time around, writing about this and talking to Greg Schoen about it, you know, in like 2004 or five, whenever it was, and the question I asked him then was, you know, what's what's harder? Is it getting from the basement to the middle, six and six, six and seven, or is it getting from six and seven to, you know, top 10? And he said, unequivocally, it is harder to do the second jump than the first. So keep that in mind. They still haven't made the first jump yet. So if they make the first jump, you know, it, it's still a challenge to elevate it to, to the next level. All right, we've got a lot of good recruiting questions. A lot of people want to know, I mean, what, what is the chance this football recruiting class stays in the top 20 nationally? This is not the first time we've had a recruiting class that seemed strong in the spring, but fell apart by the time signing day rolled around. We talked about a little bit, Cratch. I mean, do you think that uh, it's different this time around by the fact that they, you know, they are off to such a, to such a stronger start than we've seen? I do. I think that, you know, the, the big thing for them is they have landed commitments from such a good amount of quality players that yeah you might lose one or two but those one or two are not propping up the entire you know operation you know you still have depth in this class so if you lose one or two guys at the top in the past i think you know it's been kind of a house of cards all comes tumbling down here they've got more quality in this class top to bottom i think that's going to help out a lot this is a good one on just on, on <laughs> Rutgers fans fi- finding panic in good news. I always love it. Uh, my question is, while I'm, thr- while I'm thrilled with Gavin Wimsad's commitment, is there any concern that Shiana will mismanage it? I have been a Rutgers fan for a long enough time to remember other big quarterback commitments, such as Tom Shav- Savage and him transferring, and also recently Artur Sikowski seeming not to work out. Um, it's a great point. Uh, certainly, you know, and, until they have, until they, you know, develop a, their next great star quarterback, it's certainly a valid question. I, I just guess, I guess I would counter that it's not going to be Shiano mismanaging it. It's going to be. That's it. It's going to be Gleason. Yep. Right. So, and, 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 and you've seen it. 
Yeah. Look, I mean, you know, <laughs> Greg's history with quarterbacks is what it is. I mean, and, you know, I preface it, all of it by saying that, you know, there's Greg point, uh, 1.0, and then there's this new version of Greg Shiano, uh, who's clearly evolved as a coach. Um, you know, he's been at, you know, places, Ohio State, you know, uh, specifically that has really figured out what to do with a, a quarterback. Uh, so, so, did you just say that he's going to 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 yo-yo the quarterbacks like he did with with Chase Dodd and and and, and Tom Savage or you know Dodd and, and Nova later in the years? You know, I I think you know I, it, you'd be naive to think that 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 he's the same coach from back then. And again, Sean Gleason, what he did at you know at yeah. Purdue. Go back, folks, and 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 see what he did you know at Purdue when 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 he when he lost uh, Noah Vedral and and he pieced it together with with, with Johnny Langan and 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 Art Sikowski. If there's ever a question whether or not uh, Sean Gleason is a competent offensive coordinator who knows what to do with a quarterback, just go back and watch the Purdue game. Yeah, that would be my bigger concern, Cratch, as well. I mean, it's not it's not necessarily. Uh, the, the, you know, if this kid can play, we don't, we don't, we, we don't know high school to college jump. We've seen a bunch of quarterbacks. We still don't know if he's going to be able to redo a college offense. If he's the, if the talent, you know, again, he's, he's 18 years old. Uh, the bigger concern for me, if he is the real deal and he comes in here and lights it on fire is that, you know, is, is Sean Gleason going to be your next head coach someplace else? Right. That, that would be more of a concern than Shannon messing it up. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that like that, that, I don't think that Sean Gleason, I, I know he said he's very happy here and he is. I, I, I don't think his job as Rutgers offensive coordinator is akin to a Supreme court appointment. Like right. at some point, Sean Gleason is going to move on to something bigger. Now I don't think he's going to, you have to worry about, Oh, you know, Nick Saban lost his offensive coordinator. He's just going to go hire Sean Gleason. I don't think that's the risk. I think the risk is, you know, and we've written about his contract. If a head coaching job at like temple, opens up or you know if Bob Sarace gets a job and and, you know somewhere bigger and he goes to Princeton or or the Giants call to be offense coordinator like I think those are things you have to worry about but you know that's a pretty good problem to have you know when you're Rutgers given their history of offensive coordinator I will say this I was looking through it you know after the Wimsett commitment I know Greg did a lot of you know musical quarterbacks in his first time here but all of his quarterbacks were pretty decent you know, I think if you take all the quarterbacks from Greg's era, I think all of them will be ranked ahead the best quarterback of the Ash era. So I Ace Dodd is going to be ranked above. Uh, trying right, to so, are there any duds in there? All right, so is would you? All right, Chase Dodd, Laviano, Bolin, Rossino, Art, hey. Jonathan Lewis. Yeah, all right. Hey, yeah, all right. I think, so that's what I'm saying. Like Greg has a pretty good track record with like right. getting decent college quarterbacks who perform at a relatively okay level that I think that has to be considered. That, absolutely. All right. Dive into a few more here. Um, uh, this is a good one. So it, it, I'm sorry. How much credit goes to pad Hobbs for the performance improvements of seemingly every Rutgers team? I have trouble giving him credit for nearly blowing the Shiano hire. So that's could always be the, you know, the, the, the thing with, with, with Pat Hobbs um, that the fans are not going to forget that you're just not going to forget it. Maybe they shouldn't, but the guy, the right guy does have the job. So no matter what you say about the process to get there, you know, Greg Shiano is the football coach. Um, Sarge, you put it in perspective here. Obviously you give him a whale, all the credit for bad, not all, but a great deal of credit for, for basketball and Steve Peichel. Um, what about the rest? I mean, where where does where does the success of this athletic department? Where do, how much how many battles should Pat Osby be taking? 
uh, a lot, <laughs> to be quite frank. I mean, when you look at the resources that he's, he's given them, and when I talk about resources, you're talking specifically about uh, facilities. And, um, you know, the, the, the big one is RWJ Barnabas, uh, you know, which has helped out gymnastics. It's helped at, out um, wrestling, obviously, in, 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 in two basketball programs, uh, for sure. Um, all these uh, different teams are getting new locker rooms. They're getting better, better um playing surfaces you know softball got a really really nice uh, playing sur- surface um you know all these different programs are getting upgrades in, you know whether it's in terms of facilities or you know just getting uh, resources uh, you know they're, they're keeping you know assistant coaches you know we talk about men's basketball being able to retain their staff you know you know he's been able to 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 open the coffers and, and make sure that, that you know all the head coaches you know are, aren't you know having to hire new coaches assistant coaches you know every year so from, from that standpoint from a providing resources he's been the best ad that they that, that they, they've had you know and you have to give credit obviously to to uh you know uh, you know people above him as well for that you know they, they they've uh, you know, obviously, you know, not worried as much about the deficit, you know, as opposed to to to, to past uh, you know administrations. Um, you know, some people will will will, will decry that. You know, there, there's always going to be a segment of people who, who look at the spending, and Pat Hobbs has certainly you know spent more than you know you know any of his predecessors. So let's uh, be be clear with that. Yep. But he he spent it well. He spent spent it wisely. You know, in most cases, so uh, he gets a lot of credit for for the way they've been able to uh, you know. Um, you know, the Olympic sports are, are, are the best they've, they've been, you know, ever. All right. Well, uh, let's jump to another good topic here. In 2019, if Chris Ash had landed a recruiting class similar to this potential 2020 class, 2022 class, would he have kept his job? Uh, I mean, Christ, that's sort of like if the queen had. Yeah, my you aunt know, had, you know. Like... You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, right. I don't know how to answer this because like, like, I guess, yes, in theory, but I mean, there's no way, you know, Chris Ash was going to get this recruiting class. It's just, yeah, like, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like, yes, but you know, if Chris Ash had been Nick Saban, then, you know, I, you know, so there you go. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Finally, one last one on spring practice. It seems like spring practice might be somewhat comp- compressed as far as length. Any benefit to this or detriment, Cratch? Do you think? I mean, was that is that the case? Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, I, okay. we we don't we have to get the dates and kind of count out everything. But I, I think they're they're pretty. You know, NCAA has rules and stuff in place for that in terms of how much you can work out and timing and everything so i expect it'll be it'll be basically the same format just kind of push back a little bit and i've got to slip one more in a women's basketball question uh diamond nc state and zippy to florida are those really much better landing spots than if they stayed at rutgers and what's the outlook for the team next year this is from rick in south carolina uh so I'll start with this. I, I, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, Vivian is, is coming back. And there's, I know people speculate about that. She's back. Uh, yep. you know, there's that program is full steam ahead. She will be back. I, I, she's going to have to get a new contract, but that's been in the works for a while now. And I think it's going to happen pretty soon. You know, they, they've, got, they've got some time. Her current deal doesn't expire until the end of June, but it's going to get done before then. Yeah. I mean, look, NC state is a potentially a national championship contender next year. And Rutgers is, is not going to be that. So in that sense, Yes, I think, you know, Diamond Johnson, uh, her transfer obviously was a real blow to the program. I think a lot of people looked at her and thought she was going to be the next great, you know, Rutgers women's basketball star. Uh, but, you know, it's it's free agency now. And I think that, you know, for whatever reason, she, you know, 
she's gone. Uh, Zippy Broughton, you know, you know, I think one of, one of the things that fans have to realize, especially with women's basketball, is, you know, and you know, Vivian has defended it, and there's been detractors. They've never been great at recruiting the state of New Jersey or the the region itself. They've always gotten a lot of their star recruits, especially in recent years, uh, from the South because that's where you know the coaching her assistants have ties. You know. When a kid is so far away from home and the transfer portal is becoming such a thing, a lot of kids are going to want to look, you know, it's a give and take with the portal. Rutgers football is bringing back guys who want to get home to New Jersey. When Rutgers has players from Alabama and Mississippi and Georgia, they're going to look to go potentially closer to home too. So I think that's what happens if you brought, you know, here for a couple of years, injuries, got a year or two left of eligibility, get closer to home. And that's what Florida is. I think the shorter term question too, and we haven't, we've spent probably about, you know, nine hours breaking down, you know, the Rutgers basketball team's performance in the NCAA tournament, you know, in the recent podcast, but, um, you know, Rutgers women's basketball losing in the first round. Uh, When you have Arella and and you have Diamond Johnson, two of, you know, what, top 25 players in, in, in the country, when you have those two players, you can't be losing in the first round you know, of the NCAA tournament. You just can't, especially the way they played after their COVID outbreak. There's no excuses. To me, you know, that that was a troubling thing. I can't blame, you know, in this time of, of, of players trying to transfer and looking for other options. That was an alarming result. That Well, that loss made the, the men's loss look like, I mean, came to compare. I just, uh, and the problem with it was, again, like I knew, I knew that Houston was really good and that that, that was, that was going to be a tough task. I mean, I thought they were going to run and look like, and the, the, the way they were pressing in the, the, against BYU, look at they were going to run them out of the gym. Like they couldn't get the ball across half court. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, but it was just like <laughs> something happened. She didn't call a timeout. It was, it was just a, uh, it was a, a poorly coached, and I say this with all the respect for the Naismith Hall of Fame coach. Uh, just a she, a really she deserves a ton of kudos, obviously, but she also deserves you know course, to, uh, yeah. blame when 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 you lose yeah, a game yeah. like that in the first round of the NCAA tournament when you have you know uh, you know really really two really really good players. It, it was yeah. not a good loss, I, if I recall correctly. We taped the podcast like re- literally right before tip off. We did. You know, it was just you know BYU and they had a little bit of a size advantage, but it was sort of similar to the men's loss. You know, offensive rebounding, cold spell. You know, BYU hit a couple of shots. Look, I, I think that's that's going to be something that is you know is going to be a question moving forward. Uh, this is looking like it's going to be a rebuilding year. They, their top five scorers are all you know gone already or still in the transfer portal, not expected to return or have moved on to the professional ranks. Um, WNBA draft is Thursday night. It looks like Arella might be the number three overall pick. Uh, go to Atlanta. I think you know everyone's holding on hope. She comes, and You don't want her to fall, but the Liberty are at six. So unless the Liberty make a deal up, I think you know most people would love to see her, uh, herself included, be, be home with the Liberty. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think you know that's they haven't won a game in the NCAA tournament since 2015. And I think more importantly, they haven't been to the Sweet 16 since 2009. That's a long time. And it's very clear that, look, Vivian is going to be the coach at Rutgers until she doesn't want to be the coach anymore. And and everything I've heard is that she's reinvigorated, rejuvenated. She's fired up. She's not going anywhere anytime soon. But I think pressure is going to start to build if they don't have another one of those seasons where they get to the second weekend. It looks like we're a long way away from those based on what's going on there now. 
All right, thanks for the call. Well, this is a good one. Which is better, pimento cheese sandwiches or San Elmo shrimp? This is like someone who, who follows my, my, my food Twitter. I should start a food Twitter page. Uh, yeah, so I, mean, I was at the Masters and ate nothing but pimento cheese sandwiches for an entire day. And my digestive tract, uh, the next, you know, it was, it was bad. It was really bad. Go to the Masters. If you bucket list thing, I will type into every major sporting event. Basically, at this point, that would be the one I would encourage you to live up to the hype if you love, you love golf or if you just like nice places you should try to get into the lottery get a ticket go down there make it make it worth your, your pilgrimage to augusta national just do not eat the pimento cheese sandwich there's my advice for you it's free even for a dollar fifty just get beer and and the chicken sandwich is pretty good what else have we got to talk about? <laughs> How are we going to wrap this up? Lacrosse? What are we? What are, yeah, what, so uh, we'll do our, uh, our, 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 our Olympic sports corner. Please. Here. Da, 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 da. All right. So we'll start with men's lacrosse. All right. uh, they are comfortably in the NCAA tournament field based on all the bracketology projections that have been out there. Two games left in the regular season at Johns Hopkins this coming weekend, then at Michigan. I think it's very important for Rutgers to win both of those games. Uh, they're, they're both quality teams. I think they're both receiving votes in the rankings this week, but they're not you know, ranked teams. Rutgers has already kind of thumped both teams earlier this season. So, look, we've talked about this in the past. One of Rutgers' issues in making the tournament in recent seasons has been that kind of inexplicable non-conference loss to Princeton or Hofstra or Army that kind of really hurts them when it comes time to set the field. They've got to avoid as, you know, wouldn't be the same thing, but they have to avoid kind of a bad loss, get to the Big Ten tournament, which is going to be all all six teams this year, I believe. So they have to kind of keep on pace, but they are on pace to finally make the big dance. And Brian Brecht, I believe, is tenth year, so it would be a, a long time coming for them. If they Women's lose one of those, wait, if the, they lose one of those games, are they out? I mean, is it like, is it? I, I don't, I don't know if they're out necessarily, but I think that if you lose one of those mm-hmm. games, now you've got you know, kind of a, a smudge on your resume and you start to wonder, okay, what happens if they go out early in the big 10 tournament? Cause all the teams in the big 10 are good. So I think, you know, win those two games, I think they're basically okay. in. Uh, women's soccer in the Big Ten semifinals at Penn State it will be Thursday and Saturday, I believe. They're playing Wisconsin in the in the semifinal. They lost to at Wisconsin one nothing a couple weeks ago. If they can get to the final against host Penn State, they beat Penn State three to two in the season opener, which was played at an indoor facility in Hillsboro. I did not know existed until and then field hockey. Just swept back-to-back games at home against number four Northwestern. They're at number 11 Maryland for two games this weekend. So field hockey also coming on strong, looking like they might be going to their second NCAA tournament in three. And Northwestern is like the power in field hockey, right? Or is that Northwestern's very good? So that that was a big, big weekend. Two to one and three to two in overtime for Meredith Civico. Um, You know, I think as Sarge said. Pat didn't hire her. She was a Pernetti hire, but he's provided the resources to these programs that, you know, Rutgers should always be good in field hockey, should always be good in women's soccer, should always be good in men's lacrosse. I think that's the big key where he hasn't made a hire. He's provided the resources to the coach he inherited. Anything played with a stick right now, Sarge. If you got a stick on it, it's good. That's the key here. I just I can't believe you didn't uh, expound on 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 the San Elmo shrimp when 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 you had a choice between uh, pimento did. cheese sandwiches yeah. and the could we talk about a little, a little bit more about the San Elmo shrimp? Yeah. So. Well, one night you so one night after you guys left, you know, the choice again was driving back with you, <laughs> or staying in a crappy hotel 
in emptying Indianapolis, just emptied away from my family in Indianapolis. I chose that. And then I made a reservation in some place in Indianapolis. I forget what it was. Some, yeah, I forget, but I'm walking to the reservation and I'm like, you know, let me just peek in here to St. Amos before, you know, I'm sitting down there having a shrimp cocktail. So I cancel the reservation. That does happen. That was my, that was my second one. And then, and only only two though. That's not bad, right? It, it was bad. you were you had a reservation at McCormick's and Schmicks, right? That's right. I was gonna get seafood. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna do. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm in Indianapolis. Let me get another steak. What the heck? So there, there, there you go. There's there's our there's our story. Good times in Indianapolis. It was those were two two good trips. Good to be any place on earth, but Indianapolis did all hey, right. We're going back in November. Rutgers, Indiana. Uh, we who's we? We haven't we haven't divided <laughs> that up. We haven't divided up the schedule yet. This is usually we do this the moment. We it's should make, make make a game out of that for the fans. We should do that. You know, Let's do like, that. Right you know, podcast. <laughs> we're gonna divide. We're gonna divide up the schedule. <laughs> live and it's going to be fun to see what happens when we get the at because i know it it's at state college for drafting games it's going to be dicey that's all i can say about that Look, the strange thing about this schedule is they're at northwestern by week at illinois okay so you're gonna stay out there for for two weeks and i don't think I'm gonna Il- illinois is a tough trip <laughs> illinois is a, like let me tell you that something is, that is the bill you know, that, that might be fonseca that might be fonseca and Todrick hunt we're gonna have to we're gonna have to brian we've got good news brian we want we really need you to travel this year this is a huge thing for opportunity to go on the road for football oh great where am i going illinois oh okay yeah, uh, i'll tell you something like when they say like it's a That's three a tough hour drive. drive from chicago to champagne it is we see three hour try. Yeah, I think Indianapolis to Champagne is a little bit closer, but either way, it's a tough drive, and there's not a whole lot to do. There is yeah. no, uh, there's no, like, you can't do that drive in 259. Like, it's, no. it's yeah. three. It's tough. And it's at College Park, too, right? Oh, man. Those are some bad trips this year. All right, here's All right. the schedule uh, September right. 4th, Temple. September 11th, okay. at Syracuse. Uh, September yeah. 18th, Delaware. September 25th. Okay. <laughs> At Michigan, we'll see you at the Romulus oh, Detroit Marriott Hotel. <laughs> so can we go? Can we stay in Dan Arbor for a change? Uh, All right, go on, keep going. Uh, October second, home against Ohio State. October 9th, home okay. against Michigan State. Right. October sixteenth, at Northwestern. I believe Rutgers is never uh, the 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 circle is now going to be closed. I think circle Rutgers' first ever game in Evanston. Unfortunately, yeah. that the hot dog place next to the stadium closed, so oh, we got screwed bad. there. A bye week, open date, and then. At Illinois, October 30th, uh, then Wisconsin here, uh, November 13th at Indiana. So it'll be a little chilly when we go to St. Elmo's. Uh, I, I, I think Rutgers will throw for more than one passing yard at this time when they go to Bloomington. I wonder if they replaced the – I wonder if the rise of the Indiana football program has led to a new elevator in the stadium. Remember last time I was there, I ate the lasagna and tweeted about it and got, got in trouble. Like they were angry at me for making fun of the lasagna. Like a, uh, yeah. like a hand crank elevator there. That was and bad. That was like November 20th at Penn State. Otis's first elevator. Okay, sorry. But then – Rutgers finally is home on Thanksgiving weekend playing Maryland for the uh, imaginary railroad tie rivalry trophy. That's right. It's a home Matt, game. You missed your opportunity to go uh, to do the Francesa win, you know, go, go break down the schedule, you know, 30 seconds in between each game. Win. Sarge, we have a sponsor and we have to, we got to do something in August. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Speaking of our sponsor, we want to thank the New Brunswick Development Corporation, Depco, Chris Palladino for sponsoring us. We want to thank Keith Norton for our great new introduction. He's really excited about the Red Hot Lacrosse team. 
And that's all we got this week. We'll be back uh, a week or two to talk some more spring sports. And we will break down who travels where for Rutgers football this year. Steve Politi signing off. Keith Sargent, James Cratch. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.